And because we have that poverty mentality, we think that there's not going to be any other love that comes my way. And there's not going to be another opportunity that comes my way. And it's not going to be anything more. And so we hold tightly to all these things in our lives and we never free our hands up to say that there could be something more for me. Greetings, welcome, hail, and to my peeps, sac passe. I'm Herdeen Mercier, the proud host of the Redefining Grief podcast, where we believe life is not perfect, but the requirement of living it is. Welcome back to another episode, another phenomenal episode that I, you know, my theme. I'm super excited. I'm super excited about this interview. Because, you know, three years ago, I was minding my business, (laughs) talking to God. And literally, long story short, I've talked about on this podcast the many times where I had my despair. And in those moments, I will put in a request and be delivered an answer. So that's why I believe even during your heartbreaks, you never stop asking questions. You never really stop anchoring in your faith and communicating, even though those questions may be hard to hear yourself say as you talk to your creator, because I was in a Marshalls. I was in a Marshalls talking to God about purpose and purposeful living. And I have this one life. Are you really going to let me die like this? I really am at a place where I just didn't like my job. I didn't like being there. I didn't like the woman I was becoming there. I hated getting up in the morning. I was just like, come on, Jesus, this ain't it. Can I just be 100 with y'all? Come on, Jesus, this ain't it. I know I'm not the only grief crusader, really, truly experiencing one of those moments. And it was my one of my self-care Saturdays and I was at Marshall's and wisdom is my favorite word. And I remember just saying, come on, God, send me the wisdom. Send me that individual that is going to provide me the wisdom so that I can take my life to the next level. You know, level up, leveling up my life. And... I was at Marshall's and as I was checking out, I remember finding this white cup with black letterings that said wisdom and I immediately purchased it. Then when I got home, I sat on my bed and something came across my screen that says seek wisdom. And we'll talk more about this in the episode, but it's just to say when you ask (laughs) Are you asking God questions? Are you communicating with him? Are you talking with him so that he can send or dispatch his angels that are assigned to you in that season to help get you to your better self? And so for me, immediately he answered because I opened up my heart to receive. And today's episode is going to be with Brandy Harvey. Never would I imagine three years later that I would be talking to her on my very own podcast. Wow. Won't he do it? (laughs) Won't he do it? (laughs) Well, before we even get into today's episode, I have to let you know 
some grief announcements. Please, if you want to schedule a consultation, you can visit us at www.herdeanmercier.com, www.herdeanmercier.com. If you want to learn more or follow all the amazing tips that I do on social media, that's her Dean Mercier, where I really love to play, play, play all day as Instagram. DM me. Don't ever feel like you cannot ask me a question. DM me. Be in my comments. Do whatever you need to do to get the resources that you need to take you to your next self. You know, I really want you to meet your best self and not just rot in your old self. Yes, I don't want you rotten in your old, old self and your old emotion because there is better. And then the next thing that I will say is don't forget to rate the podcast. Share it with a friend. If you do nothing else today, I really want you to share this episode with one friend. That's all I'm saying. Share it with one friend. We're an international podcast podcast. We were international podcast, praise be to God, <laughs> and our ability to really help people see grief in a different way that you don't have to be depressed and gone out and just not really giving a damn about life all day long. You really don't. You really don't. If you learned anything from Dr. J's episode last week, he said in the midst of despair, basically you can experience joy. That's grief. Grief is this conflicting feeling that you feel of joy and sadness. But in the midst of it all, you still got to live because you only get this one life. So without further ado, let me do Mrs. Harvey the best introduction that I can give her because she really is going to be dropping her wisdom bomb or her pow pow pearls of wisdom in this episode. I already know. Brandy Harvey is the founder of Beyond Her, an active wellness brand for women of color. She believes women should eat well, give a damn, and move their bodies every day to reconnect with their purpose and discover the power within themselves. Committed to teaching women how to care for their mind, body, and spirit, Brandy inspired audience around the globe to break through mediocrity and transform their lives from the inside out. Trust me. When I think about my fitness and my goals, I always have Brandy in the back of my mind. What would Brandy be doing? Where would she be? And let me tell you, because <laughs> I need someone to help me anchor in these seasons to finish these sets, I'm honored that I can call to the spirits and say, God, I need you. What would Brandy do in this situation? Help me out <laughs> so that I can really get the best out of my body by showing up for it and giving a damn. <laughs> so without further ado, welcome Brandy Harvey. Greetings. Welcome, Brandy. Welcome to the Redefining Grief podcast. Thank you so much for saying yes. I was looking at my notes and I'm going to try to push through without getting emotional, but I didn't know 169 weeks ago, this will be where I'm at. Mm, okay. And the only reason I know it's 169 weeks because Instagram told me. I went back to my first post. 
69 weeks. How many, <laughs> how many years is that? I'm like, I was not the best at math. <laughs> Me either. But I can tell you in listening to our interview of every year that I celebrate in January, I would go back to the place of where I am now and I can say that I'm free. Oh, wow. Started, awesome. It started with you and Patrice. Was that 169 weeks ago? Yes. And that was about three, wow. weeks, three years ago. So January 2018 is when the episode aired. Wow. Okay. I was just about to launch Beyond Her. Yes. I was just launching Beyond Her. That was a yeah. hundred. Wow. Thank you for the perspective. <laughs> so I, look at I, you. You're giving me perspective <laughs> on my own journey. Yes. I did Patrice's interview when I was getting ready to launch Beyond Her. And so, oh. yeah, here we are. And I think yeah. even in, I couldn't sleep. I just remember being at a place in my life where I had the husband, I have the husband, I have the kids, I have the job. I wasn't too, I didn't care too much about the job, but I was in a place emotionally where I was wrestling with God mm. about purpose. And purpose to me comes before a husband, before kids, and before any title in my life. I've always known that. And I think because at the age of seven, I started funeral hopping with my parents. Now that's what I call funeral hopping. What is funeral hopping? Funeral hopping is hearing my parents talk about it at the dinner table. Someone had died and I'm like, oh shoot, I got to go to that funeral. I need to know how they died. Just the curiosity of being a kid. And so when most people are running from funerals, you're running towards funerals. Yes. And I was getting okay. life lessons. Okay. And so one of the life lessons that I got is a man would never put his hands on me because I went to a funeral of a woman who had died by the hands of a, from, from a man who said he loved her, but ended up killing her. Wow. I learned to never play with matches because I went to a funeral. Till this day, I can see all five white caskets, grandmother, four grandkids. I learned that at a funeral. I learned that I wanted to make sure I married a man where I loved his family and his family loved me because I saw family drama at a funeral. Death is so telling. Yes. Death is very telling. Yes. And I think I've always had this thing and I would ask God, you know, I don't want to die, but if I am going to die, I am going to do everything to live. Mm, That's awesome. And so, and showing up in that moment, I was wrestling so much so that I was saying, God, you might as well take me now because there's something I need to tap into my purpose. What is it? What is it? And I remember that day having um, what I call Saturday self-love day. I have it every first Saturday of the month. I go out by myself. I eat lunch by myself. Everything is done by myself so that I can just recharge. Wisdom is my favorite word. And I'm like, God, you re- I don't want to keep saying you can take me now. I really want to live my life. I've done everything. What's next? Found a wisdom cup, purchased it, got home, sat on my bed, scrolling social media. And here comes an ad with Patrice Washington saying, seek wisdom. I never heard of Patrice. 
I heard of you because of the last name, but never really followed, never paid attention. And I was like, seek wisdom. And that was the change of my life. Wow. That now I can say I'm in my garage, not knowing, I think six months later, God would tell me going to Patrice DMs and ask her if she does coaching. She wasn't advertising at the time. Mm-hmm. And that has been the change of my life. Mm, that gave me chills. Yeah, that's awesome. So every year I listen to that episode as a reminder. I should go listen to that episode. <laughs> I should go do a what was I saying? Oh, what this thing. I think in the episode, in every year it changes because as you evolve. So much. That's what I'm like. I. Because I think I listened to the episode one day and I think I was probably like cringing because I was like, oh my God, can we get your talking points together? (laughs) Not me. You did not have your talking points together. (laughs) You know, I mean, that's that's the evolution, right? Mm -hmm. We don't know until we're just willing to put ourselves out there. And I think that at that point of my life in 2018, you know, at the very beginning of 2018, I think we recorded the episode maybe right at the end of 2017 for it to air at the first week or so of January. And I just remember in 2017, my life had just taken such a topsy-turvy, you know, and I Mm -hmm. tell this story in my book, you know, I was fired that year, but it was the year that I had committed to going to therapy every single week. Mm-hmm. It, it it was a year when I got control of like, I really wanted to take control of my emotional health, you know, that I was tired of just looking good on the outside because the physical health had been a real major point of my life. You know, I had, you know, that's, I based my business. I think I, I based my speaking, you know, my teaching off of physical and, you know, wellness mm-hmm. and health. And, um, but I knew that there was something more that my life needed. Right. And so 2017 was just that, that year of a shift. And so when 2018 came and I was ready for elevation, you know, and so that elevation during that time period that was happening when I was doing that episode was the separation. I was really trying, I was separating myself from the old me. You know, I was separating myself from the old beliefs. I was separating myself from, because who I was when I started off the year was not who I was when I ended the year. And I think that that just gave me so much to look back on and just reflect on and just one, like pat myself on the back for like, sis, you did it. Like you made it like friend, like, Hey, like friend, 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 like it's true. You were like a superhero. Right. And then the other part was like, dang, I still got so much to do, right? I have so much life. I have so much work. I have so much beyond this. And so that was all, you know, when that episode came. So I'm glad you got so much out of it. I do. And I continue to get out of it because my ears my ears hear differently. And I think one of the biggest things that I got out of it was the be still. Mm-hmm. You going through that journey. I, I believe it was silent meditation. Retreat. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. And because oftentimes why people can't heal, learning this as a therapist, learning this as an individual, just processing who's been studying people. I told you I started funeral hopping and studying people from the age of seven, that people can't heal because they are afraid to be still and deal For with sure. the emotion. Yeah. Yeah, that's real. 
It's so real. Most people are so good at outsourcing their pain, right? Mm -hmm. They're good at outsourcing because that's easier than having to confront, right? I was literally just in in, in my book meeting. We're talking about confronting, you know, and part of the healing process because it's not a one-time deal. Most people think that when they start to heal from something, it's a one-stop. It's like a pay-per-view experience. Mm -hmm. They think it's going to be like watching the Mike Tyson fight or something. I'm like, this is not Floyd Money Mayweather. This is not, you know, a one-time deal. You pay for it and it's over, right? Mm -hmm. No, this is a continuous process, right? It's a continuous being honest with yourself. It's a continual practice of faith and surrender. It's a continual Mm -hmm. practice of humility along the way. And being still requires us not to go outside of ourselves to kind of numb it and suppress it and repress it. It's about regulating it, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we start to regulate that pain, we have to do some real confrontational work and we got to look within ourselves. And so that that self-work is where most people just, you know, they fold up. They're like, oh no, I'm not doing this. You know, because being still, when you drown out all the outside noise and it's just your voice, when it's just you and the creator, right? What does that do? Man, that brings to the to the surface all the stuff that we've been trying to hide, right? You know, even with my Freedom School class, I teach people, this is not to secure the bag class, okay? It's plenty of people that's going to teach you how to secure the bag, okay? Nothing mm-hmm. wrong with those. I'm all, I applaud those classes. They can secure the bag. They giving you screenshots about how much money they make and how much you had a potential to make. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to do that. I'm here to help you secure your healing because I'm going to help you heal the stuff that people can't see, the stuff that you've been hiding, the stuff that you've been running from, the stuff that you keep sweeping under the rug and thinking it's going to disappear, but it keeps showing up in your physical way, your toxic relationships. It keeps showing up in your excessive spending, your debt, your, your, your unhealthy relationships. You're shrinking down and downplaying yourself, your dreams, your aspirations, and your destiny, right? And so I'm here to tell you that you got to heal your life from the inside out. And so that's gonna that stillness is, is a requirement. That confrontation of self and being honest is a requirement. Which is so true. And being still, the next thing that I strongly believe in, which is one of my first grief anchors, is anchoring in truth. Yeah. What's that truth that you had to, after being still, you really had to confront that was very painful and had to really honor your grief in that moment? The first thing I had to confront after being still, being a silence brought up so much, you know, because I got angry when I first went into silence. Like after I had been there for like the first two days, when we had to go into complete silence, I got really angry. And I was like, oh, F this, I want to leave. And I was like, I don't (laughs) It's too hard. Like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do none of this. And the first thing I think that when I came back home, well, I wasn't invited to the Friendsgiving. I remember looking on Instagram and, and my feelings were hurt. In their Insta story, I saw all the people who were invited. And the girl that was hosting, I really thought I was a friend. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is my friend. Mm-hmm. And I had... Just gotten back from the silent meditation. Been back for a few weeks from the silent meditation retreat. And in that moment, I remember my feelings being hurt. But I got quiet and I sat down. I journaled about it. Like this, how I knew it was like in me. Like I, my feelings were really hurt, and so I went and sat down and pulled out my journal about it. And the one thing that came to me, right, and this is the Holy Spirit of, of really speaking to me, 
and saying to me, you asked for elevation in this season. But with elevation comes separation. Mm. And you keep asking for something, but do you really want it? Because it's going to be required. It's going to require something from you. And in that moment, I was like, all this time I've been wanting to be included in something that God's like, I'm just trying to move you out of that so you can change your mind, your atmosphere, your space, your space, like everything about you, I'm looking to change it. And so some things are going to have to change. And so because of that, and you asked me for elevation, now guess what I have as a prerequisite for the more that you're asking me for? Here's the separation. And in that moment, I remember like, I remember the next day I walked in and all these people who we know each other, we are friends. We, you know, go do some of the same activities. And I remember like walking in some, I was like, where was you at? Where, like, where were you? You wanted to party. And I was like, I wasn't invited. Mm-hmm. And the person who said it was like, really? Because in their mind, they were like, I thought you was the friend too. And I was like, I wasn't invited. I was like, but it looked like so much fun. And I just kept it moving. And in that moment, I had so much resolve because I said, I'm going somewhere that they're not going and they can't go. I'm about to embark on something that they're not even prepared for. And God's just preparing me. And this is just a training ground. And I refuse to fail at this. Mm. And I was like, Elevation requires separation. I think that was the first thing because I knew that even when I went on a silent meditation retreat, I had already separated myself from everybody who I knew. I separated myself from everybody in my family. I separated myself from every one of my friends because no one around me had ever done anything like that. I had no example to fall into. And so I knew already that I was embarking on something that I had nobody as a reference point. Everybody was like, I would never do that. Oh my God, that's crazy. Like, why would you just, you got to be quiet. You can't say nothing. And I was like, God was saying, I got more for you, but there's a requirement for more. And I think that most people, they say they want more. They want opportunities. They want more love. They want more everything, fill in the blank. But are you willing to do more? Are you willing to give more? What are you willing to give up to get more, you know? And so I realized that that was a part of a part of the deal that I made with God. I made a deal and I said, this is what I want in this season. And God says, I'm going to give you everything you desire. No terms and no conditions. Mm, Here's what happens. This is so good, Brandy, because what comes up for me is I speak this, this truth about you have to be able to say healthy goodbye. Because mm. everybody is not assigned yeah. the next season. Yeah, for sure. You, you have to, but what we do as humans when sometimes we are not hold ourselves or we haven't freed ourselves from the emotional pain, rejection, whatever it is, we, t- we try our best to take everyone with us Yeah, so we don't feel the void. Yeah. And that keeps us in bondage. It really does. It really does. Because we end up going back to places that don't serve us, to be around people who don't love us, who don't care for us. We end up spending our money in places that deplete us and drain us because we're not willing to, like you said, make a healthy goodbye. Yeah. I always say, say the healthy goodbye to the job. A lot of us are tied up to jobs that we know that doesn't benefit us, doesn't feel our soul, but we're committed more to the check than we are to the freedom of yeah. being 
free emotionally. And so learning to say a healthy goodbye is one of the things that I teach not only myself, but my clients. And in when I got this, this newfound joy, right? We talked mm-hmm. about this at the top of the hour. I think it was 169, three years ago. I realized I couldn't keep this to myself. So in the book, as I'm reading, I'm like, Brandy is me when I first found Patrice. Like, Brandy is me. I'm in the grocery store. Have you heard about this podcast called um, Redefining Wealth? No, you need, you need to listen. I'm at work. Here, you need to go listen to this. Like, I was just passing it around yeah. every day, every day. And then when Beyond Her podcast came, I was like, listen, she's the, she's ba- they're basically sisters. <laughs> they share the same wisdom. It is the wisdom that comes from the both of you all is so profound that every client that comes through my door, it is a requirement that they register for both podcasts. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And they listen. I send clients, you're winning Wednesdays. (laughs) If I feel like this is a topic that I know they would be blessed for, I send it. And I said, listen to this for your faith anchor today. You're going to need it. So it's there's not a Wednesday that comes where I can go live and hear your wisdom about winning, winning. What does it really take? And we even talk about it in your book. Sometimes it takes losing. Is it, I mean, first chapter, lose to win. And yes. what's so crazy about how that chapter even came about, how that even subject, I've been using, I've been using, you know, that's one of my speaking topics, right? And that came because I spoke at Patrice's conference um, some years ago. And that was my, she had the winning conference, the win conference. I think Mm -hmm. it was called the win conference then. And I was a speaker for that. And my message was lose to win. And I remember the response that I got off of that. And my sister, you know, was there for that. And she was like, girl, that's your message. Like, that's it. Lose to win. And I still, it's still in my, it's still in my media kit. Like, lose to win is a topic, right, that mm-hmm. I speak on. And I think because there's so many different areas, and I can transpose that message so many different ways because I find so many ways of what I have to lose in order to win in my life. And I think that people just don't, they don't want to lose that. You said the healthy goodbye, right? But they don't want to lose some of the things because they, we, hit, we hold so tightly to these beliefs in our lives. Mm-hmm. We hold so tightly to these people in our lives. We hold so tightly because we have a scarcity and a poverty mentality. And because we have that poverty mentality, we think that there's not going to be any other love that comes my way. And there's not going to be another opportunity that comes my way. And it's not going to be anything more. And so we hold tightly to all these things in our lives and we never free our hands up to say that there could be something more for me. But what am I willing to lose? Because that's the risk, right? Mm-hmm. Like with everything that we want in our lives, there's a risk. When we want love, we want relationship, we want, we want a bigger opportunity, we want the, the marketing campaign, whatever it is that we want in our lives, we're rolling the dice. Mm-hmm. And we're saying, I'm willing to risk something to get a reward. Patrice Pillars, the very first one is fit. And I kind of skipped fit and I went in straight into faith because I needed to activate my faith again. 
because I think my faith, I know my faith was tarnished during, it's probably starting in 2018 where my husband decided he wanted to get his PhD in marriage and family therapy. We just built our home. My sister, I'm very family oriented. My sister lives around the corner. Um, she built a home around the corner and here he looks at me and he goes, babe, I want to get my PhD. We got two choices, Tallahassee or back to South Florida, Fort Lauderdale, Nova. And I was like, ooh, I lived in Tallahassee for college briefly. Mm, Let's go back home where mom is at, both parents. Let's go back home. But what I didn't know I was committed to, I was committed to the process of him getting his PhD but I didn't know I was going to commit to pain that year because that year was when the market crashed. So we couldn't sell our brand new home. Credit was damaged. I was pregnant with my firstborn, Azriel, And literally, she was born September 30th. We were here two weeks later. If not three weeks later, the whole time we were here from moving from Tampa to South Florida, the whole goal was I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. And my husband was going to be in school and working. That, mm. that wasn't part of my story. Fourteen days later, we were living with his mother, which I love and adore. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't a problem. He couldn't find a job with a master's degree. And my dreams are now shattered because I got called for a job that I put in an application for for the following school year, not the current. And so I just remember like, what is going on? Mm -hmm. And so I also found out in this process, this man really loves his family. With a master's degree, he was still willing to deliver sushi. and deliver newspaper to help me make money so that we can move out. And so in this process, I felt like, shit, my parents risked their lives getting on a damn boat, coming to America, got my master's, and this is it? Where is the American dream? Mm. Someone risked their lives so that I can live it. I'll be damned if I don't. Mm. Mm. And so that has always been my, I got up, when I pass the baton to the next generation, it has to be better than what was passed on to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so when I say, I had to say and be committed in this season, this was an eight-year process Mm. till he was finished with his PhD. And I just remember coming out of that, my faith was just tarnished, man. And so with Patrice, I started with the faith pillar. Then I pick up the work, the money and everything else. And now March 1st, I think I even remember tagging you on this. I'm in fit. And so when I hear you say, what am I willing to lose? (laughs) I am willing to lose and which has been hard. Even today, 
My husband brought some cookies. I'm like, I can't have no cookies in the house right now. Y'all hide it from me. I'm really trying. Like, I invested in a juicer. I get up at at 5.30 now. And I get up easily now. I go at 5.30 to my boot camp. I come back. Sometimes I'm like, what would Brandy do? She would tell you, you have to commit. I'm committing. I'm committing. I'm committing. And today was my first weigh-in. And it wasn't about the weight. He always says about the inches. Mm -hmm. And when I tell you, the inches are there and I lost them. I was celebrating, but it was because I was willing to lose this idea that I have to always have rice. I have to always have some type of fried food. I have to have this, like the, the commitment of saying, I, I've never had a nutritionist, but we're hiring a family nutritionist. We're hiring it to to really understand. And as we pass the baton to the next generation, they will do better with their eating. Yeah. And now I have to be honest, my struggle this or last month was every weekend, my pattern of having fried goat, it's called cobweed in Creole. Okay. Fried goat. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to have to, if I really want to lose the pounds in the itches. (laughs) I'm going to have to give up something. I'm going to have to give up something so that I can win. Because that's, because that's a part of it. You know, this morning I was, um, I was at the gym and uh, Monday is leg day with Mm. my trainer. And so my trainer is a, I went back to him because he is, about discipline, accountability. He's going to get inside of your head to motivate you. He's a great motivator, coach, (laughs) trainer. As uh, we were working out, one of the things that he said today, and he does this, I feel like he does this on Mondays. He says, look to the right of you. Look to the left of you. Look around, because somebody's not going to make it to the end today. Somebody's going to lose. Somebody's going to give up. Somebody is going to die. They're not going to make it to the end of this workout, right? So I'm stretching. We're going through the stretch. He, like, bends down. I'm, like, literally head down, stretching, and he bends down, and he's, like, somebody's going to die. I said, well, it ain't going to be me. I said, so back up, buddy. I was like, it ain't going to be me. So back up, right? And so people are laughing or whatever. But we started to work out. And the workout started off hard. And I literally was standing there like, I was like, I just want to give. I'm like, this is just like a Monday. Like, really, why are you starting off like this? Like, why are we starting off like this? So then we go to the next set. And we're doing some squats. And it's a very heavy squats. He's there to spot us, right? And I had to put on a waist belt. So if you know bodybuilding, you have to put on one of those belts to Mm -hmm. keep your back straight so you can lift this heavy weight. And as we're lifting the weight, he told us the numbers that the numbers going up. He said it was going up. And I said to myself, you know, when, when we got to the fourth set, I was like, the numbers were going up. And I said, I said, if you want more, you gotta be willing to do more. And if you want this bad enough, I was like, you won't stop in the middle of this. You're going to keep going. You're going to keep pressing. You're going to give more in the middle of this because if you want it bad enough, you're willing to fight for it because commitment is not a feeling. It's an agreement. You don't feel like this, but because you are making an agreement for more in your life, this is a part of it. And so when he started counting down, right? And he was like, you got five girls to beat. Who would you let get in front of you? 
This is the leader I know. Brandy is the leader, right? He's telling us as he's spotting me go down this way. And every time I'm pushing his weight up in my mind, I'm like, I won't let anybody get in my way because I'm not committed to the feeling. I'm committed. This is an agreement that I'm making with myself to be better. And so because I show up for this, because I made an agreement with myself, I'm willing to show up to a hard workout. And because I made an agreement with myself, I'm willing to do stuff that other people aren't willing to do. And because I made an agreement to myself for more in my life, I'm willing to go the distance. And while most people will stop in the middle of the mountain because it gets hard, the terrain is treacherous. It becomes harder. It's colder. The air is changing. It requires more of me. I'm going to keep pressing forward. Because how many people, when they get to the top of that mountain, they're going to look around and there's going to be so few, so few people. It was going to be so few people who start off at the bottom to actually make their way up to the top. But here's what I get to do when I get to the top. I get to take my butt back down and show somebody else how to get back up. See, that's why I do it. It's because every time I break my body down, it's because in the process of the breakdown, I get to push my body to show how much stronger it is, how much more it can handle, how much more resilient my life is. Every time the muscle breaks down when you're working out, it is building it back up so that you can see more growth and development in your body. It's the same thing about your life. Bodybuilding is a life sport. Why? Because you break it down so you can build it up show the growth and development, and you can have a receipt for it. That's the same thing about our lives. We get broken down in the middle of it. It gets hard in the middle of it. But every time I get broken down and I I find enough strength to bounce back and have resilience and get back up, guess what? I get stronger. There's more growth. You can see the development. You can see the changes. And guess what I get? I get more so I can get to the top of that mountain. So every time I learn more, I get back and I get down there and I say, well, come on, now we're going to. And I take you up the mountain with me. And then you get up to the top and then we both go back down and we get somebody else. And we say, come on, girl, you can do it too. Let's get up to the top of the mountain. And then we get her up to the top of the mountain and we get her down and we show her and we get five more to come back up with us because they said, well, the three of them got it. So guess what? I know I can do it. Mm-hmm. It's a constant breakdown and building that in our life, we're going to be broken down. Some things are going to hurt us. Some things are going to come to destroy us sometimes. It's going to make, it's going to be real hard. But in the midst of the breakdown, can I build something more in my life? Can I build it to go to the next level that I can show you the growth and the development that you can see that is real out here? Because that's really our job. We're just to be demonstrators of God on the earth, right? We're just here to make manifest the glory of God. That the man, that the creator who has made the galaxies, that holds Mm -hmm. the galaxies together, that they too hold the galaxies together of my life. And how small I would be to think that I cannot accomplish the very divine thing that God put in my heart. How small Mm -hmm. would I be to think that I could? I was made to make manifest the glory of God on earth. I was made to be a demonstrator. I was made to be a winner. I was made, I was designed to win. Mm -hmm. So why wouldn't I want to give something up in the process just so I can show what I've been sitting here to show? I'm a winner. Yeah. You know, in this process of helping people get to the top, right? Because once you're like screaming from the mountaintop, it's great up here, y'all, but you got to be willing to be broken. You got to be willing to allow him to put you back together, but better. Mm -hmm. 
But I have found that sometimes people are more committed to the pain because it's normal and it's familiar than they actually are to getting to the top. What advice would you give somebody who is grieving right now and they're just, they're just so used to the grief that they think they cannot get past that brokenness? Well, the first thing I think is a grief, grief shows up in different forms. It's layers to grief, right? So we could be grieving the loss of someone physically, right? We could be grieving the loss of a relationship. We could be grieving the loss of a job. We could be grieving the loss of a marriage. We could be grieving the loss of ourselves, right? Because we've lost ourselves in the process of things changing in our lives. So grief has levels. And I know you talk about this. But the first thing I tell any one of my students who come through Freedom School, I tell them, you got to ditch the story. Mm. That's the first thing. The first thing of taking responsibility for your life is that you're going to have to ditch the story. And see, most people are really good at telling the same story because they got the same script that they've been telling for the last five and 10 years of their life. And the script is really good. And and the script we know is good because guess what? And we know how how we've uh, learned it because the other people in our lives who we're so familiar with, we start telling the story, they can finish the story. Mm. We we start Tell them, they say, yeah, girl, I know. I know. I remember when you told me that they, uh uh-huh, and girl, yeah, and then, and so we're really good at telling that story because we got an audience and the audience knows it. And just like preachers, what do they like? A call and response. And so people like a call and response. They know that, okay, if I call it, they're going to respond to it. And so the story gets so good. But here's what I know. You're going to have to be willing to leave some things behind if you're going to see something new in your life. You got to be willing to leave some old beliefs behind. And that belief is usually connected to that story, right? And so if you can change the narrative, if you can say, you know what, I want something new in my life, but here's what we know for sure. God wants to do a new thing in our lives. And God has always has a standing invitation to do a new thing in our lives. But what happens is we're so committed to the old thing because the old is so familiar and it feels good to us because how could something else be different? But if we ditch that story and allow God to do a new thing in our lives, lives and we create something new, we get to see new results. We get yeah. to see new results. Yeah. You know? I think but you gotta ditch the story. You gotta ditch the story. Like the story in my head when you think about fitness is I ha- <laughs> this is the diet that I know. This is the diet that I know to run to. This is what I know. And so in ditching the story for me when I think about physical or fitness health is I gotta try new things. I got to expand my palate. I have to be willing to do things different if I want a different result. So this month, it's going to require y'all hide the snacks in the house or don't bring it in the house. Just in this season. Yeah, but because here's the thing about weight loss, right? We got 80%. CDC says 80% of Black women are overweight or obese. 80% of Black women are overweight or obese. That's a CDC statistic, right? Mm -hmm. Now we can take that or leave that, but the numbers are pretty, we can look around if we take five of our friends, if we took five, five lined up, five people in our family, Mm -hmm. five black women in our family, we will probably say that 80% Mm -hmm. of them are overweight or obese, right? Mm -hmm. We would know that to be true. We can line up five. 
Now, your grandma, your auntie, your cousin, and then that's 80% of them are overweight or obese, right? But how, why is that, right? Because we get into this way of comfort, right? Why do they call it comfort food, right? Because it offers a comfort. It gives us this numbing experience. It makes us feel nostalgic. It makes us feel, feel, feel loved. It gives us that feeling of when we were a child and we got to get that first bite of macaroni and cheese with the cornbread and the greens and we put it all together and the, the sweet, you know, yams and all that and the fried gold, right? <laughs> whatever it is right it felt so good it was so nostalgic it's a comfort right Mm -hmm. but when are we when do we see greatness in our lives when we're uncomfortable come on you want to keep eating comfort food and god is saying i need you to get uncomfortable because you keep saying you want to be great but you want to keep having comfort food comfort food is creating the same results in your life comfort food is expanding your waistline not expanding your territory come on brandy and so here's what we got to understand Here's what we got to understand in our lives, that these bodies that we only get one of, These bodies that we are using to make manifest the glory of God, these bodies that we get to show as an example to our children of how they can walk and talk and breathe and, and move in the world, these bodies that never come as a replacement, these bodies These bodies are used to be as a specimen to show God's goodness. So if I'm to show God's goodness, what do I need to show up as? As a healthy, abundant being with full optimal vitality, with the ability to move quickly. Because when we talk about freedom, what does freedom mean? The ability to move quickly without restraint. Here's the thing why people get stuck in bondage in their physical bodies. They can't even move without restraint. So you don't even have freedom in your physical body. Here's how we get it for people who need it broken down in layman's terms. My knees, I can't do that because my knees, I can't get down there because my knees hurt. You know, I got bad thing. I got a bad back. You know, my my arthritis in my hands. You know, I can't lift that because my wrist. God wants you to be a, it's your life. Mm -hmm. These are your legs. Mm -hmm. How come you can't lift your legs? You want God to keep on more opportunity. And more stuff on you that's going to require more endurance and more stamina. You don't have it. Mm -hmm. And so if we want to see something different in our lives, we got to be willing to get out the comfort zone. So that means we got to stop eating comfort food. (laughs) This is why we got to stop wearing comfort clothes. (laughs) With a zipper. Test your endurance. (laughs) Test your stamina. Zipper. <laughs> Can I tell you how strong the conviction is? And this is the season that I know this is not going to be a start and stop. This is a lifetime commitment for me. It totally is. That's because, what it is. Because I, this morning, as I was running on the track, I was like, how come I always run on the inside of the track and never go out? And I knew I was going to do this interview today. And I was like, dang, I bet you, Brandy, she would have been running on the outside of the track. Oh, God, what is it going to take of me to start running on the outside of the track? You know, I'm because comfort is my mind saying, if I run on the inside of the track, I will make it to the finish line. Right. But I still got to go around. 
we're human. Our, our, our minds are geared. Our bodies are geared towards comfort. We want things that are comfortable. We want to fit. Who wants to feel pain? No one no. wants to be out of breath. No. no one wants to lift heavy and their arms are hurting for days after they've done this workout. Nobody wants that. But when you have a desire for more, you're willing to get pushed out of your comfort zone, right? Yeah. And even with running, right? Even with running on track, whatever your desired workout is, it's just going to require you to be pushed out of your comfort comfort zone. My brother-in-law started working out um, with my trainer um, and he was like, you know, he said, honestly, Brandy, I'm, I'm really locked in because he pushes me out of my comfort zone. Mm. Like on leg day, I would never do the stuff that he got. He said, I would stop when it got too hard. Mm -hmm. He said on legs, cause I don't like working legs. Mm -hmm. He was like, but he got us doing stuff that I would never do it if I didn't have anybody like him to push me. And that's why I'm a trainer. I'm a certified personal trainer that mm-hmm. works always works with trainers. I've been working with trainers since I was in my early 20s mm-hmm. because I believe in the power of having somebody else hold me accountable, you know? And I ne- I will always have a trainer mm-hmm. because of that very reason, because I'm going to get pushed outside of my comfort zone. I'm going to do workouts that I wouldn't do. Because yeah. if I was just working out by myself, I'm not loading that finger. No. I'm going to do what feels good and, and then you know, I'm going to move on. And then you leave and you're like, oh, I did that. I did that, check. <laughs> check. check. I'm check. working out. You know, and I was... People, that's how they work out. They just want to check it off the list. I'm trying now, to get some results. But you know what? That is so true. I have... There's just one particular person that comes to mind for me. I swear for five years now, they've been working out, but it's the same body. I don't get it. And this is not me throwing shade. It's just saying, right me right now in your life. Like ever since I met Patrice, she was my first like hired coach because I was being obedient. I invested in myself. Then I realized, oh shoot, she gave me the cheat sheet to this. Where else can I hire out? Media coach? Check. Social media at check. Like I want cheat sheets. Yeah. And I am willing to hire to do that. Yeah. To make me better, I have to be willing to invest in myself. Mm -hmm. If I can be on someone's job and invest with my time and I don't even really like the place, why would I not invest in my time? Invest. Pay that money to invest in myself. And I think I will never ever, ever go without a coach. Yeah. Period. Whatever I want to challenge, I'm going. That's why I thought for the family, I'm like, we're getting a family nutritionist. We're doing, if we're going to do it better, we're going to need somebody to coach us through this. Or we're going to stay in our bad habits. Or I'm going to look like that lady last five years, still same body. I don't get it. Mm -hmm. Because... We are here to produce results, right? We're yes. here as producers, as cultivators, right? Mm-hmm. As growers. The very first job the Bible was what? Given to Adam, right? Mm-hmm. He was there as a gardener. He was there mm-hmm. to tend to the garden. Meaning, so what is a gardener? A gardener is a grower, a cultivator, mm-hmm. planter. So everything in your life, something should be flourishing, right? The very first assignment given to man was to be a gardener. So that means there should be things growing, thriving, surviving Mm -hmm. in your life, right? There should be things like plushness, right? Mm -hmm. You should be able to produce receipts. So when we have gardens, right? The garden, the reflection of the garden is how does the garden look? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Trust me. After listening to you all's episode, and I don't think this is by coincidence, I think it was March. I looked over and I said, I'm working on my faith pillar, honey. I need to plant seeds, but I'm a visual learner. Mm-hmm. So I said, babe, I need you to build me two beds. And that same day we went to Home Depot and I've been planting. My bananas are in my backyard. You know, some seasons I let it die and I can feel the spiritual difference. So I know, I call it my prayer garden. That's when I, as I get my hands dirty. In that process of getting my hands dirty, I'm expecting a harvest. Yeah, And what people don't understand is they don't learn to embrace the distractions in life. Sometimes it's when you embrace the distractions, the harvest comes. Yeah. But we got to be still. Yeah. So my garden represents everything. We just got some sour app trees, sour sap. You know, I have a Haitian background. I remember my grandmother. You know, having the garden in the backyard. I remember planting my first mango tree in my mother's backyard. I have my mango tree growing. Like, there's something about being outside in that garden that just reminds me. Be consistent and don't allow the weeds in your life to suffocate you like they do in the garden. Yeah. It's like cultivating spirit, right? To cultivate, to see it. To know that I touched something. I spoke over something. And look at it. It blossomed, right? And that's how we're all supposed to be in our lives. Yeah. Thank you, Brandy. This was so, so good. I do have my pearls of wisdom questions that I want to ask you before we end today's episode. But can you tell us a little bit about Freedom School? How do people hear, you know, about the program? We'll put it in the show notes. Well, I naturally already send people to the, but just just never know if they don't come yeah, through my doors. No, tell us it. about everything. So Freedom School is a six-week journey. It's a six-week spiritual journey to freedom. You know, and I promise in the class that you will have peace, clarity, and freedom like never before. And I started this program during COVID. You know, I started the, the Freedom School during COVID. We're 60 days into COVID. I, my word last year was obedient. Patrice and I both um, had the same word. I told her, I was like, I'm about to jump on this obedient thing with you. So let's just go ahead and do it, right? And so I was being obedient. And so I was like, whatever God tells me to do in this season, I'm going to do it. And so I birthed Freedom School. And the idea behind it was really to free people from the inside out. And so because of that, it's a six-week program. And I work on everything from self-sabotaging behavior to living a life of intention versus, you know, Mm -hmm. attention versus intention. Um, really speaking over your life that your word is your wand, you know, I mean, and we talk about mastering emotions. And so the emotional health and the emotional work is very critical in the class. It's like the baseline layer of the class. But what I do promise women who come through the Freedom School program is that even when I talk about physical weight, like the class is not a weight loss class, but I know for a fact that when you start to unpack and release the emotional weight, the physical weight will come off. Mm-hmm. Because so much of our physical weight is tied to our emotional weight. Yep. 
so much of the roots, you know, the root problems in our lives where we have been so afraid to dig up the roots in our lives. And so that's what this class is. It's about digging up the roots with assistance, right? It's calling for help to dig up the roots. It's about confronting some of those past traumas that you've had in your life, confronting them head on, but also knowing that you have the power to transform from the inside out. And that's what this class is about transforming from the inside out. So it's six weeks. This session, I offer it once a quarter. And so this is the second quarter, April 10th through May 15th. And so um, we actually kick off April 10th for this session, but then I'll offer it again next quarter. And um, it's a six-week spiritual journey, and they can take that with me. I think it's been really fulfilling for the women who've come through it. And I I mean, my students run the ages from 30 to 73. And so that's been a really yeah. wonderful telling as as me as a as a young woman, right? You know, in my in my late thirties, who can teach intergenerationally, right? To be able to teach different generations, mm-hmm. and then I have a really strong retention rate. So, like people who take my class, I don't have this as like they come back and take the class again, and I'm like I don't ever like be promoting to them to come back and take the class. But I have so many students who are coming back to take this class again. Like I got so much out of it. I want to do it again. And so I think that's the beauty of where, where I am as a teacher and as a woman who is walking it like I talk it. Because no, but nothing that I put forth in this class has not been proven, tried, and experienced. And so I give you tools and techniques that have been tried and applied, all right? And I'm not just like, oh, I'm gonna try this out on you. No, 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 we've been putting this in practice for a number of years now. Even some of the homework assignments, those homework assignments that I'm giving my class, I did those homework assignments back in 2017, 2018. Mm -hmm. And so those are assignments that I know work and I've applied them. Um, And so I do have journal prompts, mantras, affirmations, and then homework assignments for the six weeks. And so it's a six week spiritual journey and it's, it's really amazing. And then I got a new thing that I'm working on. That's going to be coming this summer that I'm, I'm really, really excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be pretty awesome. I'm actually like looking at it right now, like on this notepad. So mm-hmm. it's going to be something pretty awesome. So I'm really excited about it, but yeah, so that's it. Yes. That's from school. This, I will put everything in our show notes just to make sure that anybody can go. I, listen, I'm telling you now, Wednesdays, I set an alarm on my phone. If I'm not with a client or in a meeting, I'm watching Winning Wednesday or watching the replay. Wednesday on my Instagram at yes. I'm Harvey, my Winning Wednesday. Yes. It's a real thing. It didn't start off as Winning Wednesday. You know, Freedom School didn't start off as Freedom School. It evolved into it. And I, I was like, you know what? This is Winning Wednesday. I'm teaching people how to win. Yes. And I love it. You're always giving me some amazing pearls of wisdom. And so I have some questions for you. What have you learned about yourself since redefining the grief in your life? I think since redefining the grief in my life, I've learned that I'm worthy, you know, that I'm deserving of this big life. You know, Mm. I spent so much time trying to downplay myself and try to fit into a box that other people thought the expectations that they they had for me. And I think I'm redefining the grief in my own life of losing the win, of, of shedding the old beliefs, of, of leaving some things, some people behind, you know, that I am deserving of this big life that God has promised me. Mm. So true. The second question is, if today was your last day on earth, what would be your five words or less? 
I mean, I lived it all the way. I lived it out. I lived it. I lived on full. I left on empty. Mm. You know, I lived on full. I left on empty. I don't know. I couldn't do it in five words. I'm. I'm gonna be better at that. Let <laughs> <laughs> me write it down. Hold on. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a wordy person. Listen, five words or less, leaving Earth. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, wipe me down. I don't know. <laughs> you I don't know. Next question. You did. The next question is: I love to sing. I swear, like Whitney Houston. That is, I sing like Whitney Houston. That Man, is, I, up big, big I know. Statement. But my mind takes me place that people can't hear it, but I do. Oh I yes, do. ma'am. <laughs> I do. <laughs> So I love to sing during, I just really love to sing. And so I always like to end during your hard times. What's that song that gets you through? Mm, oh my God. I'm such a music person. So I have so many songs. I am, I am such a music person. Um, the song that gets me through. I mean, honestly, I, I would have to just stay true. Sounds of blackness, believe. And <laughs> I used to start off my winning Wednesdays with it. It is a feel good song. I don't think you can play it and not feel good, but the sounds of blackness believe. I believe mm. in the power and I never, every doubt, never, ever doubt. Every minute, every hour, I believe. So I think when, when I do have those moments, I put on something that's real feel good to lift me. Sounds of blackness believe. I believe, yeah. That's, that's my joy. That's my Thank joy. You. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Brandy. Oh, thank you so much. And, you know, I need this to be. Thank you for being so instrumental. And you probably never would have known. I never would have known. Man, what a blessing. But I think that's the beauty of, of having impact in the earth, right? Yeah. You know, but people are always watching you. They're always looking. Yeah. They're always picking up on whatever we put down. Yeah. So the fact that you tapped into something that I didn't even know was even... Listen, I was sitting down talking to my friend. <laughs> Y'all was really just getting hot conversations go with us, you know? So, so yeah, I am, I feel honored. I feel blessed. I feel, I feel like that God went. That's mm-hmm. like, keep going. Yeah. Keep going. What else? Who else could you touch in the process? Yeah. yeah. And I will tell you this, just like I tell Patrice, my kids, kids will know your name. Wow. What can I say? I am just left with these verse. (laughs) Philippines 4, verse 13, I believe. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Listen, I have personally read Brandy's book, Breakthrough Soul Separately. She's an author. She really believes in teaching you how to shake off the chains from your past so that you can step into your divine destiny. See, it's not just about the weight. It's about the emotional weight too. And that's why I love watching her and talking about her beyond her brand because it really teaches you it's not just about the weight. It's about the emotional stuff too. I've learned so much and I will continue to learn. I look forward to continuing to be a student that was able to extract wisdom from individuals who are authentic, 
who show up, keep it 100, and their goal is not to be perfect. Their goal is to be human. And that's what I get from her. I am so honored that she decided to say yes to the cause, say yes to educating and informing the Grief Crusaders community. I mean, if you have got any wisdom from this episode, do not hesitate to tag us and tag Brandy. Let her know how it has impacted you in any way. I'm really, really happy about this for you and me because I will be listening to the episode again myself. And, you know, I think in the back of her book, she has a line that says, stop dreaming of the life you wish you could live. Start aligning with your purpose and live up to your divine potential right now. Stop planning for tomorrow. Live today because you only get one life. With that being said, have an amazing day. Bye-bye. Don't you be discouraged, you You will overcome this You are stronger than you think Hold your head up high I'll be your guide There is strength and Courage in your story. There is healing for the broken. There is restoration too. There is safety, and I'll be the one to guide you. I'll redefine grief. Yeah. I'm redefining grief I'm redefining grief